This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network loyalists, friends, lovers, and family. Welcome to uh, your home for everything modern day wrestling up and down the dial as we are just getting underway with season three. Yes, long seasons we have here. Place to be Nation's main event. I am Scott Griscolo. We're going to have a fun show tonight. We're nerding out tonight. Uh, we are not going to talk for three hours about backstage fights. And I'm not, I, we're not wasting our time. I do have a couple questions about that whole scenario, though. With my esteemed colleagues. And then we're going to nerd out. And you know what time of year it is. So we're either going to nerd out. Or Scott's going to throw one of his laptops at the wall. But we'll see. Let me bring in the conscience of Place to be Nation. He would be number one. On the PWI Top 500 Cruiserweight Podcast Hosts. Mr. Steve Willie. I am just, <laughs> thank you for calling me a cruiserweight, because I am like, I, I'd be the wrestler where you'd have to get the scale out before each match <laughs> and make sure I'm under the 205. <laughs> 205 <laughs> it, it depends on how many slices of pizza I have that day. <laughs> and you had a lot of pizza in Chicago, didn't you? Oh, what, yes, during that press conference, huh? <laughs> wearing, your Scotty, wearing your Scotty Colton t-shirt. Oh, um, man. That was a surreal getting back at the hotel and that popped on. Like, oh, is this real or am I am I sleep dreaming this? No, no, no is yeah, is this a fever? Was this early vid? What are, what are you doing here? Oh, God. Steve, always a pleasure. And, of course, uh, joining me and uh, Steve, as always, the uh, the purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, he is, I don't care what, where in the top 500, 1,000, 1,500. He is number one in my heart and number one in the Monarchs' hearts. The Godfather, Nate Milton. You know, Scott, I'm, yes, I'm I'm tired tonight. You know, I'm 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 a grown ass man, and and every two weeks, you know, we do this show, and I'm 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 working with children. I'm working with children, and 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 I have to be the professional, but I'm out here working with kids. You know what? I'm, that, that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm 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 going home. <laughs> Nate, based on what my birthday will be in 2023, thank you for calling me a kid. That means the world. <laughs> You're not insulting me. I am not a young buck. I'm an old fuck. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so the old fuck. That's Steve and I. We're the old fucks. <laughs> uh, Godfather, I love you. Always a pleasure, brother. Oh, guys, we're going to have some fun. We're nerding out. Of course, as I'm alluding to, everyone knows the 2022 PWI 500 came out. Everyone knows. Everyone remembers what happened. It wasn't last year. Was it? Let me check 2021. Was it last year that I fucking flipped my shit? I don't think it was. I think it was 2020. Yeah, it was 2020. 2020, I lost my mind. Yes, I did. I thought it was rigged. Last year, I wasn't as upset. Uh, this year, I, this year, I'm not upset at number one. Uh, but there's a couple other numbers that I find a little, a little perplexing. But we will, um, we will get to that as well. We are going to talk about uh, what's what uh, um, Steve was alluding to. Of course, Steve was in Chicago uh, for uh, All Out, which uh, I got to be honest, I watched it. I watched it at our good friend Mr. Atherton's house. Happy uh, birthday. Uh, yes, happy birthday to the purveyor of the PTV Pop Experience, AA2. Uh, 
I got to be honest. Uh, we'll talk wrestling. Well, let's see. There were three shows that weekend because we did a very mega preview. So if you haven't watched any of them yet, go back two weeks, watch our preview, listen to our preview when the four of us previewed Clash at the Castle, Worlds Collide and All Out, and then watch the shows and see how right we were or wrong. Uh, I did not. The only Clash at the Castle match I have watched so far is Walter and I'm sorry. Gunther. Yeah, that was good. Gunther Gable, Willie and uh, and Seamus. And that match was fucking great Mm -hmm. Uh, Two just meets just meets smacking. Um, I watched, I think, like the last two or three matches of Worlds Collide. I thought the Braun, I thought the Braun Breaker uh, bait match was actually not bad. I kind of enjoyed the, 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 for two younger guys, I kind of enjoyed the very experienced uh, size disadvantage that actually worked to both their advantages. I enjoyed that very much. Um, and then I watched, except for the opening match, because Andy couldn't get his thing, his screen to work or something. Other than the first match, we watched all of All Out. I liked All Out. I, I did. Uh, you know me, I, and a lot of us have bitched. Uh, the whole thing of every match having to be fucking 37 minutes makes me want to blow my brains out. For once, probably for the first time in AEW's history, they picked and chose which matches mm-hmm. uh, needed to be long and which didn't. Yeah. And and I was I was very appreciative of that. Steve, <laughs> you were appreciative of that. Yeah, I was going to say, you were appreciative of that. You know, um, and then, of course, we all know what happened in the after. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Nate, did you watch any of the shows? Anything any, any uh, anything strike your fancy from any of those shows the weekend? Yeah, the, the only thing I caught up to eventually was All Out. I didn't watch it day of because uh, I had to work and then got back in and had to do podcast things. But I finally caught up on it this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part, I enjoyed it. Like, I think there, there are things you can quibble about. Like, I feel like... And it's not even hindsight, because I was questioning the Punk Mox dynamite decision uh, mm-hmm. in the moment. But mm-hmm. knowing now what knowing uh, now what we uh, should have known then, uh, it, it makes it even more puzzling to me. Uh, but for the most part, I thought it was a good show, like you, you said. They got a lot more judicious with their timing, and it felt like there was a there was a bit more there was a bit more attention paid to actually pacing a show, which is yep. something that I think is, you know, one of the few complaints you can have about AEW's pay-per-views is oftentimes the pacing is just off because everything has to be the greatest match in history. And you can't have a show full of greatest matches in history and have anything resonate after the show. Uh, I agree. So I, I enjoyed it. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought, looking at some of the matches, uh, I thought some were a little... I might be... I, I, let us ask you, Steve, since you were in the building. Um, what was the scope? I'm, I'm, it's, I'm actually going to mention, talk about one of uh, Nate's favorite teams, and one of mine. The energy from the crowd during the swerve acclaim oh match. Uh, your boys, Nate, were getting a little, getting a little heat. As that match was going on, um, that was unbelievable. Uh, I, I I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy. Yeah. I, I you know I didn't watch the you know TV version of it at all, but I've been to some pretty big shows in my life. I'm very lucky to live close enough to Chicago to be able to do that. You know, uh, 
that was one of them. That was like I told Jordan last night. I did the AEW. Uh, uh, you know what that means. You know what this means. Podcast with him that will be dropping the same day. This is dropping, and I said it was almost like Attitude Era pop, mm-hmm. where it's not. It wasn't because this match was seven stars or something like that. Now it was a great right. match. Don't get me wrong. Right. But there was just more to it. There, right. there was just like you know, kind of lightning in the bottle with uh the acclaimed where you know it really was with uh when bowens was injured and you know they let him just kind of riff on the mic a little bit and do the stuff with with daddy ass and um <laughs> i thought uh and keith lee like i did listen to the whole scrum uh afterwards uh, i went back and saw the punk stuff and uh, like i said it felt like a fever dream it didn't feel real mm-hmm. but the other stuff um, I think Keith Lee was thrown off by it. And he even said that, um, I don't remember if it was in the scrum or in an interview after that, like, Hey, I'm, I've been a face for a very long time. And like, and I was trying to think back the, you know, in the last time that I can recall him being a heel was when I first saw him in ring of honor and he was with Shane Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see like I was hoping Pete would be here tonight because I th- I think he Pete saw him in because he's from Texas and I think Pete saw him before that those days. Um, but, but like Keith Lee's like a sweetheart of a man, <laughs> so he doesn't make a good heel in terms of personality. His body does though, so I know he said he was a little thrown off. Swerve was thrown off at first, but he's such a he's such a pro mm-hmm. in terms of the character stuff that it doesn't take much for him to to you know like he was just watching okay i know what i need to do here and just doing some subtle stuff and then at the end like refusing to shake hands and such and um yeah it was it was something to be seen and i i thought they were going i I thought there was no way going into it that the acclaimed were going to win because we all thought we the three of us talked in the preview that it's too soon like why why didn't this wait um but there were a couple times there that i thought they might they might do this. They might have planned. They <laughs> might have planned this. And I, I just don't think they realized how big the response was mm-hmm. going to be. But I'm mean, so happy for, like I said, Keith Lee is a sweetheart. Um, my kid and I met Anthony Bowens at one of the Warrior Wrestling shows. Like we talked about, he's he's a sweetheart and just such a a great role model. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I think I'm I'm happy for all of them, and I'm I'm assuming they're gonna win next week at grand slam like i don't know why why you'd have that match if if uh they weren't going to switch the belts yeah or your thoughts nate because uh i i i i have to agree i felt like i mean i think it was one of the best matches of the night but i do feel like the middle of the match got a little kind of cloudy because i do feel like keith lee got a little thrown off Mm-hmm. by the by the crowd energy but 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 he kind of recovered and the yeah. last like four or five minutes of the match were awesome what were your thoughts watching it on tv like me i mean i figured this there was a chance that something like this could have happened just watching the build you know where mm-hmm. and 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 i don't know if i don't know if this is a negative against tk steve but everybody saw this coming or at least everybody that's been paying attention mm-hmm. in terms of how the acclaimed have started to get over with the fans particularly right. like that 
hardcore AEW fan base that you're going to get in Chicago, you know? Yeah, and you got the, like the chants. Yeah, the chants yeah. and the, the catchphrase is hilarious. And, and it's like, they they put themselves in a no-win situation to a certain extent because the build did not allow it. Like, like why are these, like, other than the title itself, why mm-hmm. is there a beef between these four men? And I think they could have done a better job at establishing those lines and preparing Swerve and Lee for the fact that, yeah, you guys are the champions. You're the baby faces, titularly speaking, but you're going into hostile territory mm-hmm. uh, against the acclaimed in Chicago. And like you said, Steve, like Swerve is a natural. I think even when Swerve is a baby face, he's got a little <laughs> bit of that. Yeah, that, that heel personality shining through. I love uh, so it. I love think- it. We've talked about him before saying, like, mm. out of all the people that WWE let go, how do they yes. miss on him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because it, it's not like, oh, you know, he's too small. You know, he's he's never going <laughs> to work. I told you, I, t- I told you why they why they missed on him, Steve, because Vince <laughs> just looked through the roster headshots and he's like, ah, it's, uh, that's a Kofi. We, we already got a Kofi. We don't need yeah. another Kofi. <laughs> I got one of those, pal. <laughs> like, now, like, and, and, and Hunter's in the corner, like, uh, uh, pop. That's that's not Kofi. That's I, I know what I said. Go. We 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 don't need another Kofi. Oh, it's our truth. <laughs> uh, uh, isn't this one? Isn't this one of your eight? Uh, your your NXT guys, uh, Althea Cruz, Alfama, whatever that stupid ass. It's funny is. though because had Swerve not signed, I think he definitely would have been one of the guys Triple H would have brought back. Oh, yeah. there's no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I think they're an awesome team. Uh, I'm yeah. not a big fan. Then another thing too, guys. I'm curious your thoughts. I've never been the biggest fan of of calling audibles uh, no. in match uh, on yeah. shows like like they. Sh- I'm glad they didn't do that. Like, oh my god, the acclaimed is getting a pop. Switch it up. Like, see, I'm mm-hmm. not a fan yeah. of that. It ruins your plans. Like, yeah, not. Nah. I don't even know if it's really ever happened. Like, maybe like at like some indie shows or something like that. But yeah. Um, I thought the wrong guy won the Jericho Danielson match. I, I, I didn't really enjoy that match that much. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I was not, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it. Um, Close your eyes, watch Dynamite this week. Yes. Watch that Jericho Brian Danielson match. Yes. My God, it was so good. Uh, like so much better. Yeah, it was the like, longest match of the night at twenty three forty, which yeah, I think is kind of ridiculous. It dragged. In other words, I would, and and I don't say this much about, and I know I know Nate's going to agree with me. I'm not a fan. I I don't usually want to add time to matches, but Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Stark should have got more than five minutes. That yeah. was that was. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Seeing that live, that match should have at least been another like maybe four minutes. That was that was very surprising. Um, I don't think Starks was injured either. I, I think that's just the story they wanted to go with. That Hobbs is just this next level, and Starks wasn't ready for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because and then Hobbs destroyed him. And they've done this. They've done this a couple times. They, I mean, they did it with Moxley and Punk. And they did it with Rhodes a couple times, but uh, yeah, it was that was a big surprise. And say what you will about the booking, but maybe that's why they put that tag match on next, knowing that it was going to get a pretty good response because mm-hmm. right. you forgot about it by the end of that match. Yeah, I agree. Um, the 
the six man tag with with uh, Darby and Sting and Miro and Mal- obviously, Ma- you know Malachi Black was done. He'd had enough, and he is probably the first official AEW guy who is probably going to go back to WWE because obviously, yeah, something's uh, going Al- on there. Malister, Alakai, yeah. whatever they want to call him. <laughs> Uh, he was a, he was a hunter guy. He was definitely a hunter guy. So he'll get a nice spot. As you can see, NXT went back to the, now it's all obvious. Like when, when Triple H first started, not to, to, to deviate for just a second. When Triple H first took over, everyone's like, yeah, you know, we'll see little things. No, we're not seeing little things. Uh, Raw's better. Guys get their first names back. Uh, there's rumors the belts are going to change their look. And now NXT went back to black and gold. So mm-hmm. it's there. He's there. Everybody, I'm not gonna say almost everybody loves it, and that's that. So, Malister Alakai Black will be the first one who left, will now return. I think it might be a while before he comes back. There seems to be some talk that he's leaving for mental health reasons. Um, Mm. he has like I've seen the release called highly conditional. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he was under contract for a good two or three more years, I believe, because I think this was right about the year and he pulled out of indie matches. uh, Right after that as well, and if he was going to WWE, WWE, to their credit and Triple H especially has always been good about letting people finish their independent dates that they've already booked. Yeah, like with NXT, when all the indie guys were coming in, he was very clear that that you know you you sign something you stick with it we will let you do it mm-hmm. right uh, yep so i think there's something more going on there and um but i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to wwe and and that's great i think i think he's like this this stuff is all good <laughs> like not not yeah. the punk not the punk stuff that's not good but no. you know being able to go back and forth i you know it's it's great for the talent. I mean, that's, I've said this so many times, like I'm not rooting for the billion. I'm not rooting for Tony Khan. I'm not rooting for Vince McMahon. I'm not rooting for Nick Khan. I'm rooting for AEW. I'm rooting for WWE. I'm rooting for the wrestlers. I'm rooting yep. for them. I think we all are. I yeah. think we definitely all are. Yeah, definitely. All right. Great show. Great show. Uh, I think the wrong guy won a couple of matches. I, I already said, I think Danielson should have won his match. And, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's going to be in audio and Im, uh, immortally immortalized on the PTB Wrestling Network feed. But I think John Moxley should have retained the <laughs> world title in the main event at, at the pay I told Jordan uh, last night I, I predicted that. Well, I have two predictions. My first prediction was that John Moxley, you're starting to have a little bit of love for John Moxley mm-hmm. and you're. Your hatred for John Moxley that was there previously is going to jump onto one Phil Brooks. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, I'll tell you why. All right, let's let's get into the let's get into the very briefly. Let's get into what happened after. Um, there is a rumor uh, that bad skin, bad hair reported that Punk rehearsed that fucking rant. That he knew that he was going to do that uh, when he sat down. Tony didn't know. Hmm. He Mm -hmm. knew. This was not a case of him sitting down, 
looking at those Scott Colton shirts or whatever, Cole Cabot, whatever, and just getting pissed. He planned that. He planned it. And he thinks because he's and, who the fuck who he is. This? I think that's well, uh, Dave. I don't think it was Meltzer. Okay, no, like, oh, you know, no, you know where I heard it. I'm Meltzer sorry. Was there. No, it wasn't Dave. I th- I heard it through Cultaholic, mm-hmm. but I forgot where they heard it from. Is it like Bix or there. something? Or yeah, maybe yeah. But now, let's ask this question because let's ask two questions. Let's talk about this specific instance, and then we have to talk about Tony in general. Because for the yeah. first time in my three year. I don't say dislike of Tony because I don't want to be one of those guys, but but um because uh, I don't. I mean, he's Rick Moran. He's weird. I do you think he's think very, he, you just think he's weird. I just think he's very fucking weird, and he's yeah. a great kid. But anyway, but I do I do think I I legitimately wanted to give him a hug. I mean, he couldn't <laughs> drink the soda. He fucking almost blew the bottle like a cheap whore. I mean, he was. I mean, I was mortified for him. Yeah, I was like too. he needed a hug. I, and that's where I think he finally realized. I think that that moment when he was mm-hmm. sitting at that table, he finally realized, "Holy shit, I'm turning into 1998 Eric Bischoff." <laughs> I'm now. I, 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 I now I realize being one of the boys has finally bit me in the ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now he's letting Phil run the show. Yeah, and if I, I, and I wish he would have made him stop. And I've never been a big fan of. I, I'm not a, bu- and I'm not going to be one of these guys, you know, and I, we all know, we all know who we're talking about that go on, that are on Facebook who hate AEW and hate everybody else but WWE, except when that guy goes to WWE and then suddenly they're the greatest things in sliced bread. Mm, I've, never been, I've Bo- never been a Bucks both ways. fan. Yes, yeah. I've never been a Bucks fan. I think they're a little flippy floppy. So if they go to WWE, I'm not going to be like, yay, the Bucks are here. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, Bucks Usos would be fun. I'm not going to lie. That would be fun. Yeah. But. If you're Tony Khan, these guys are not all going to be able to live under one roof. Something's going to end badly here, legally. Because I don't think I don't think Tony can survive with all of them b- backstage. So this is it. Do you cut Phil loose, or do you cut the three of them loose? Because I'm not going to talk about Hangman Page because he hasn't been in the business long enough. To have enough juice. I, I think Paige is innocent in all this, to be honest. I think he is too. I, that, I, that was a long I, time I ago. I would have Paige till the end of time. He, 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 that was a long time ago at this point. It was, it's was. it been several, several months. It was before Punk was even injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, maybe he got pushed on the card for a little bit, and which he was going to anyways after he lost. And he was doing some, like, you know, kind of six-man stuff here or there. I, he wasn't even there. Yeah, he was already back at the hotel when all this stuff went down at All Out. Um, right. Same with FTR. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not going to name names of people we know because I don't want to bury them. Right. Hey, but, man, uh, Page was at the hotel bar with Steve Willie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> TV Aloysius. <laughs> um, no, just people we know and and friends of ours. Um, like say, oh, he's probably getting punished now. I I don't think there's any way Page is getting punished at this point. Like he just had a just an incredible match in this tournament with Danielson, like in the mm-hmm. previous round that went three segments. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, there's so many. I have so many thoughts on this. I, I think what has what has helped Tony here, and I'm sorry I'm monopolizing the conversation a little bit tonight, Nate. I'm sorry. no, no, no. <laughs> um, is with. 
Punk getting injured. And that was like I know I remember it happening in the match. I don't I like I said I didn't watch the show. I don't know if they talked about it, but he did like a tope and he came up like mm-hmm. holding his tricep. And then after the match, when he won, uh, when he won, he was kind of down in the corner, mm-hmm. and he looked at the doctor, and he was like, like rubbing out his tricep, and said something to the point of like something's wrong, or I heard it, or something like that. Right, right. Yep. So I, I the that fact that he's injured and is going to be out eight or nine months is buying Tony Khan some time. Yes. Uh, Ace Steel better be fired. I, if he's not been fired already, that dude dropped an f bomb on the dy- the go home dynamite. Um, and then like freaked out in the lock, like he's like biting Kenny Omega and <laughs> yeah, Omega, uh, my MVP of that fight is who Kenny Omega. Yeah. Did, did you hear what he did? He, he got into the locker room and his first thing that he did was it protect his boys, the bucks. Was it go after punk? Was it go- He went to save Larry punk's dog. And take Larry out of the way mm. so he didn't get hurt. His best buds are getting jumped or doing yeah. the jumping. And his thought is, oh, the guy that's fighting my my good friends, the Bucks, his dog is over there. I think I'm going to help the dog. <laughs> and that is why I love Kenny Omega. That's, that's mm. hilarious. <laughs> um, I, here's my take. And then, Nate, I want your thoughts. Uh. If I had to pick one or the other, you got to let Phil go. And I'm looking at it not from a who's a bigger pain in the ass in the company, mm-hmm. but how does this affect Tony long term? If the Bucks and Kenny leave, guess what, boys? In however many months of no compete, I'll be having lunch with those three gentlemen at the <laughs> Cove at Cove Pizza on uh Cove Road in Stamford, around the corner <laughs> from their new building. Okay, Punk gets fired. Where's he going? Oh. Triple H ain't bringing him back. He's going home. He'll where just he was go for home. a few years. He'll, so, yeah. from a long-term perspective, Punk getting cut loose does not hurt. Does not hurt business because he's not going to. He's what he's going to impact. Nobody's for at this point. So, if you're Tony Khan. Sorry, you got your your childhood hero just made a mess of your fucking company. He's not 2011. He's not even 2005 ROH summer punk. He's a broken down, bitter man. And and it's obvious that he's the different kind of guy business wise that he thought he wouldn't be 10 years earlier. (laughs) You cut him loose. You don't. The competition stays the same. You cut Kenny and the Bucks loose. They're wrestling in uh, Philadelphia. Maybe they're maybe they're not wrestling at SoFi in April, but you can bet your ass they'll be wrestling. They'll be showing up the night after on Raw. They'll be sitting in uh, Nate and uh, Nate and Marcus will be uh, serving cocktails to them on the uh, SoFi post match show. <laughs> um, so, but what do you think of this whole? What do you think of that scenario, Nate, in terms of the business aftermath of this whole mess? Mm. A couple things. First of all, you know, in regards to Punk, I think Punk learned a lesson that a lot of us learn as we get older, you know, because I'm sure Steve, you and and Scott, at at one point in your teens, and your 20s, you're like, you know, I'm never going to be like insert adult X. (laughs) And then 20 years later, you might not be exactly like that adult, but 
yeah, like just the natural progression of aging and maturity. There are certain there are certain things that you're like, oh, I never would have done that in my twenties. Yeah, but you're not twenty anymore, punk. You're you're, you're forty years old, you know, and so things change, and your idealism has, you know, you know, it's it's the it's the kid, the spooky kid from the Sting uh, promo. Steve Willie, when when a man's heart is full of deceit. <laughs> um, second thing, I think something that uh, I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people are saying it, but the immediate thought to me was, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, you know uh, hyping up my my hero here, Steve Willie, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think this would have gone down if Cody Devontae Rhodes was in the locker room. I uh, think, I agree, I agree, one hundred and fifty thousand percent. There is something to Cody in that mix of EVPs where, yes, they're all equal partners, but Cody always felt like more of the adult in the room, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of based on the way he grew up and then came up in the business. Uh, the third thing is, while I do feel bad for Tony Khan and like I wish, like you said, Steve, he would have cut Punk off. You know, it, it was very disrespectful uh, to not only his coworkers but to his boss who's sitting right yeah. there. I think some of this is a creation of Tony's own making. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've seen, like, we should have saw this coming when he dealt with the big swole situation the way he did. Like, that's not how a boss is supposed to deal with a situation like that. You know, with dealing with certain people and contracts, like, Tony has, part of Tony's strength is that he connects with the average fan, but the average fan can't be the boss. And you can't be so tight with you know these guys and the girls in the locker room at some point you've got to set a tone and i think that's the reason why punk can't come back is because not you know basing anything off of box office or who was right who was wrong in this situation when you cross a line like that like cm punk did bringing him back gives the implicit message that what he did was okay and if i get big enough i can do that too and for a company that's still fairly young, that's not the kind of thing that you want. And so to Scotty's point, like, I think, yes, there's a bit of the Bischoff thing, but I think that press conference might have been the moment where Tony Khan had to grow up as an as an owner and as a boss mm-hmm. and realize, like, yeah, maybe, may, you know, this situation right here isn't completely my fault. It's mainly on CM Punk's plate. But what did I do to cultivate this atmosphere you know are there things i can do to get better as a boss are there things i can do to make sure my locker room is better particularly in a time where it's a little bit more competitive now with vince out of the way up north and you've Mm -hmm. actually got a guy in triple h who might be appealing for some folks to work for versus you know the 75 year old guy who is stuck in the 80s and so Mm -hmm. i think this is a crucial point for aw Steve, where they have an opportunity to make a choice. And, you know, it's it's mainly on Tony's shoulders in terms of what company does he want to be going forward? And will he learn from maybe some of the missteps that he's made over the past year or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, I believe, I strongly believe he needs to rethink this media scrum stuff on mm-hmm. several levels. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was people that he would bring in after the show 
who had just debuted, say like uh, when he did Claudio, uh, Ruby Soho would would be the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched that one. It was extremely touching. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I can't believe I got that response when I came out. I'm very happy to be here, you know, not bearing anybody like, just like right. genuinely like, you know, thank you so much. Um, this was bringing someone in immediately after he had a grueling match with a tough ass opponent who you know is going to bring it uh like he said he's you know he's in his mid 40s he's sore he's like he mm-hmm. just finished the match yeah. now the scrum the AEW video kicked in in the middle of whoever that dork's question was uh, about mm-hmm. Cabana, so I don't know exactly how it started, but like I mean that guy got him. I don't yeah. think he re- like I don't think he went into that like I'm gonna go shoot on Colt. He might have gone into a thing of like yeah I'm gonna give some snide comments about Paige and MJF and stuff like that. Um, but to put you know uh, a grumpy guy who just got beat up who tore mm-hmm. his tricep whose adrenaline is through the roof and then starting to crash. Um, it just, and then and then letting people into the room. God bless AJ from AJ's uh, tween wrestling podcast. Uh, you know, like, and whoever, whoever this schlub was that asked this, you know, inappropriate question. Let Dave in. Mm-hmm. Let Brian Alvarez in. Let Sean Rush mm-hmm. Let Nate Milton in. Let Nate in. Let Chris Ely in. You know, who are going to ask good questions that are appropriate, but also hard hitting as opposed to, hey, like I'm gonna, I am I did improv with Colt Cabana once, like, uh, you know, like. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the part of the like, Tony Khan's kind of like, come on, man, like, yeah, this is a business. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was utterly like it was like I, I, I'm i serious. Like I, I watched when I got back to the hotel, we like had Keith Leon and then uh, was watching Tony Storm and I saw like something had weird had happened. So we wound to the beginning of Punk and I it was like one in the morning and I'm just looking at this. I'm like, am it is this a dream? Is this mm-hmm. happening? Because it didn't seem mm-hmm. real. It was like it was just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, like, and so Tony, like you said, Nate needs to rethink some of these things that he's doing. You don't have to let these people talk right away and choose who you're having talk. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, find your Miz. Who's your Miz? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put your put your Jungle Boy out there. He seems like he would be a good. Put a uh, Jericho. Um, Jericho. Yeah, Jer- Jericho came out later yeah. on. Um, and Jericho's, and that's a that's another thing. Not to keep harping on this point, Steve, but that's another thing I think Cody was really good at mm-hmm. in those it's kind of post show things. Yes, yeah, he, can, he can give you that corporate talk, and I don't know, I don't know if again, like it, it all comes down to choices mm-hmm. and realizing that if you're the boss, you're the head coach of the team. You got to put the best players in the position to succeed, and putting this pissed off guy who's even even on his best day he's surly uh mm-hmm. to be gentle steve willie like that wasn't the right spot to put this guy in front of a live mic yeah they brought out tony storm she was amazing she did so good mm-hmm. it's like 
you know, I, I don't know how old Tony is. I think she's pretty young, but she's just like, it was just like a casual 20... conversation. Six? Yeah. It, it was like, the, I'm so happy I got this opportunity. Um, you know, I was, you know, when I, you know, left that other company, I was not sure what I was going to do. I was really thinking of giving it up. And then mm. I got this call and I've been given a chance and like, I'm really excited to work with this locker room and I want to work with Jamie Hayter and I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to wrestle Serena D like, like that stuff. It's so easy. Yeah. Yep. She's 26. Wow. I pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> um, I totally guessed and I was right. She's 26. I forgot she's married to juice. Um, yeah, I did too. I, I'm, I, I, the, the hot take of the night here on this week's show is no doubt that, this would be a very different situation if if Nate's and my beloved Cody Devontae Rhodes was in the building. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt that if Cody was in the building, none of this shit would have happened. Because with all due respect, the only thing I – and I, I mean, he was nasty about it. But let's be honest. Should the Jackson brothers and Kenny be, quote, EVPs? Come on. Seriously? Hey, well, Come on. And- they just help now saying that they can't run a target yeah that's a bit much like so i i don't know how you feel about this steve but this whole evp situation has always reminded me of those old high school group projects right where you've got Mm. five people in a group and two people do the bulk of the work and i always felt like (laughs) tony khan and cody rhodes were the kids that did the bulk of the work uh that's not to say that the jacksons and kenny didn't contribute but at the end of the day, it was those two guys, Cody and Tony, I think, that did the the bulk of the adult work. And so it it feels like, again, when you lose a Cody Rhodes, it's more than just an in-ring thing. Cody brings like a level of professionalism that I don't mm-hmm. think Kenny or the Bucks have. And it's not that they're not good dudes, but I feel like that's not what they're interested in. You know, the corporate side of things. Right. I think I think I feel like Tony uh Tony uh hired them in that specific I mean they, I think they were going to be on the roster regardless but I think they put them there because they thought you know oh this would be cool I can you know Mike can hang out with my boys we can all have fun It's like the and Temptations to- Steve Willie it's like the Temptations you know <laughs> you got five guys we all started this band together so we're all Temptations but all Temptations are not created equally like you you know you got Melvin and and you got uh, you know Otis over here, and then you got David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks and Dennis Edwards. You know they're all temptations, but there's levels to temptations. I think there's there's yeah. levels to these EVPs. <laughs> Eddie Kendricks has such a great voice. Um, just saying, uh, and uh, David Ruffin for that matter. But David Ruffin was David Ruffin was the CM Punk of that band. He kind of wanted to. Yes, he was. He was. <laughs> he wanted to get rid of the Scotty Fulton of the Temptations, but that's anyway. that's what we um, needed. We needed CM Punk at the presser to just turn to Tony. Khan. Ain't nobody coming here to see you, Tony. <laughs> they here for me. <laughs> you have a bank account with your daddy. <laughs> your daddy. That's right. Yeah. Who owns the tags? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, the other thing, and we're we're gonna get to the to the PWI stuff in a minute, but the other thing that I was saying was that I was that I wanted to bring up about Tony was the other thing that's annoying me at the moment, and he's got to do something about this. Is and here's another case where right now he could really use uh, Cody Devontae Rhodes. Enough with fucking just the ROH guys just walking around aimlessly holding belts. It's like me walking around my house with my belts. 
<laughs> Would you make an ROH for Christ's sakes? I mean, what the fuck? They're just one. Joe's walking around with one belt, and Clazario mm. Cl- is walking around. I got to start making. That's got to be my new hook. Besides botching Japanese names, I got to do my WWE AEW mashups. Clazario, uh, Claudazario's ROH World Title, and like all this mashing up and guy. Like, what the fuck is he doing with Ring of Honor? It's like uh, because he's got to get some people in there mm-hmm. and 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 create yeah. an ROH. He's waiting too now, long. Now, in his he's, he's just waiting the for one thing wait, waiting for Warner to do something. Yeah, I, I in his, in, I will say this though. There's probably a hook on that in in Tony's defense. Warner's kind of a shit show right now. Uh, yes. The whole, the whole Discovery HBO Max merge and, you know, people getting laid off, that's not fun. Uh so I guess from a TV perspective, he's not sure what the future holds. So I'll give him that. But at some point within the next six to eight months, as we get in, you know, deep four or five months into 2023, uh, Cody, uh, 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 Tony's got to shit or get off the pot with Ring of Honor. Once again, it was another case of, oh, let's make the WWE, the ex-WWE guys look better. You know, Cesaro was disrespected. Let's make him ROH champ. And like that kind of shit. Is done. Yeah. Nobody cares. Well, and and also the the ripple effect on that was in and and we all love Cesaro, but the ripple effect in bringing him in and immediately placing him in that position is you might have damaged your relationship with Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that. That that's a mess. Uh, and I could see uh I could see my my uh um you know my guy there, JP Jean Paul, putting his arm around. Mr. Gresham going, so, hmm, you look like a guy Braun Breaker could have some fun with. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a guy that could have some fun with Bobby Lashley, and maybe you'd want to, you know, take on the bloodline. I think you'd look pretty good, sir. Pretty good. And then he could bring in, and then then he could, uh, the four horsewomen could be in the ring or something, and suddenly Mrs. Gresham (laughs) and her, and her swank dessert filled tweet picture tweets uh could uh could, could go along with that you can't yeah you can't have a tainted cupcake sunshine you're not gonna be able to do that in wwe all right anyway so we'll talk more about that as we will gordon uh, grace is to cupcakes as steve willie is to pizza that's right <laughs> sexy <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, that's, you, that's what we got to get going steve we you know we, we we talk about revenue streams we need the steve willie only fans but it's like tastefully uh, erotic <laughs> pictures of Steve Willie with deep dish pizza. There you go. <laughs> you could be lying provocative, like uh, like uh, Mandy Rose was with the two belts. You could be provocatively with like a bear, <laughs> a bear, a George Hallis like plush rug or something, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, guys, we'll get more. We'll talk more about that kind of fun and games uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, AEW's next big show. I, I'm hoping to be at. And that is on uh, Saturday night, November 19th, AEW Full Gear taking place uh, just about an hour from here down at The Rock. Not your boy, The Rock, Nate, but The Rock, the Prudential Center in Newark. Speaking of, I got a side question for you, Nate, before we move on to the next topic. I was talking to my friend Tiffany, who listens to the show. She's a loyal listener. She works for WWE uh, in the Peacock part of things. She doesn't she's not like in Paul's office or otherwise I would be. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, she said to me, she said, what would happen if it is rock and Roman next year 
under the tarp at SoFi. The Rock doesn't come out with his, uh, his, uh, you know, his current, you know, like retirement theme. But suddenly we get that very quiet L.A. Mm-hmm. landscape and the quiet music. That, and all of a sudden you just quietly hear, is cooking. And all of a sudden he comes out to the 03 fucking mm-hmm. hot team. I look, he might, if he does that, Nate. He might he he will officially become my favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> I think I think that's exactly the move. And you could also like shoot new footage, you know, uh, leading leading up to it. Do that same intro, but instead of 03, you know, LA, we're doing 2022 LA. That's right. Yep. Or and 23 LA, depending on when they shoot it. Yep. And he starts, you know, just like she had a great line. Uh, uh what was her line? She had an awesome. Oh, she said uh, she could say to Roman on like the go home, the go home uh, Raw or SmackDown before Mania. Even your, even even your dad Kish said, "I did it for the Rock." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the things that could be done if that happens. Well, again, we'll have to look at that down the line. All right, so we all know coming out this week. It's 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 September, so you know what that means. It is the annual PWI 500, which comes out, of course, around this time of the year. They add it up. Uh, you know, I think it goes. I think it's. Is it August first to July thirty first? Is that what it is? I was just reading this. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yep. Um. Of course, the women, the female list comes out, I think, in another month. Uh, Bianca Belair was number one last year. Mm. Um, The one, of course, everyone knows the one that I'm hoping for is my beloved NWA women's world champion, the Brickhouse Camille, who last year was 32, which even last year I thought was a fucking crime. If she is not in the top 10 when this one comes out, someone's getting hurt. That'll be that'll be the uh, the worst the worst uh, uh, disgrace of that list is if Camille, who has not lost a match in like 19 months, and every time I've seen her, whether it's on Power or on an NWA pay per view, she brings it every time. Whether it's against Kylan King or whether it's against Taya Valkyrie or whether it's against Max the Impaler, whatever that is, uh, she brings the goods every single show. And I will defend Camille every minute of my life. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when the women's list comes out uh, probably in like a month. All right, just to recap, guys, before we get to this year, this is what we're going to do. So I'm just going to quickly go over who the number ones have been throughout the years. Then uh, let we'll, we'll peruse 500 to 20. We're not going to do the read the whole, all the names, of course. We're going to name every single one. And give <laughs> <thoughts>. Ever. Yes. <laughs> Five. 467. <laughs> Steve Aloysius Willie. No. Uh, no. Well, I, I want us to just kind of peruse 500 to 21, and then we'll count down from 20 to 1. So, mm-hmm. all right. When this list began in 1991, the first ever PWI number one, Nate's favorite, speaking of guys who love going into business for themselves, Terry himself, <laughs> Terry Boulder himself, Hulk Hogan. Incidentally, guys, and Nate and I, uh, 
Steve and I were talking about this, Nate, before you hopped on the call. Uh, of the two th- of the nineteen ninety one PWI five hundreds top fifty, eighteen of them are no longer with us. Eighteen of them, and not just guys that died like that were old then, and or even older that later would die, like the the Wahoo McDaniel's and the Rufus Jones. Mm-hmm. And the, we're talking Rudes and Kurtz and and Pillmans and guys that really obviously should still be with us. You know, um, the highest one was obviously number four. Uh, that year was Macho Man. Obviously, should still be with us. So Hogan was was number one in two, 91. 92 was Sting. So Nate got redeemed one year later when his boy was number one. 93 was Bret Hart. 94, Bret Hart. 95, Diesel. Sting was three, incidentally. 96, Shawn Michaels. Number four that year, Steve Willie. Kenta Kobashi. Mm. Up 60 spots from the year before. <laughs> from 95 to 96, Kenta Kobashi went from 64 to four. Yeah, that good in 1995 into 96? I guess so. 97, Dean Malenko. That was the crazy one. That was the crazy list. Mm. Here was the top 10 in 97. How about this for fucked up? Dean Malenko, Masawa, oh, another guy who's no longer with us, Stone Cold, DDP, Luger, Taker, Hashimoto, also no longer with us, The Giant, Liger, and of course, uh, the Voldemort of wrestling, Chris Benoit. That was 97, Steve Aloysius Willie. Wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. DDP moved up 50 spots from the previous year. <laughs> Masawa moved up 28 spots. Isn't that nuts? So that was 97. 98, of course, everyone remembers Steve Austin. Goldberg was two. Masawa only dropped to three. Masawa was also three in 99. Steve Austin was number one there, too. Number two in 99 was uh, RVD. 2000 was, of course, by Betrothed. Triple H, who moved up 26 spots, by the way, to number one. The Rock was two. Kobashi was four. 2001, Kurt Angle. 2002, RVD. Wow, Taker was number two in 02? Seriously? (laughs) Really? Good Lord. Muda was three. In fucking 2002, Muda was three. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? And fucking Taker was two. Good Lord. Uh, uh, 2003, Brock Lesnar. Oh, God, Triple H was two in 03. Even I don't agree with that. Uh, Chris Benoit was number one in 04. Uh, Batista in 05. Obviously, John Aloysius Cena in 06. And I believe in 07 as well. Yes. 2008, Randy Orton. 2009, Triple H. 2010, AJ Styles. So the first... 2010, the first year a TNA guy got to number one, AJ. 2011, speaking of, you mentioned him a moment ago, Steve, The Miz. (laughs) 2012. Oh, 2012, a certain Philip Brooks was number one, 2012. Bobby Roode, by the way, number two. Wow. I know, I remember that. (laughs) Darker times. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Cena in 2013. Daniel Bryan in 2014, Seth Rollins in 2015, 
Roman Reigns in 2016. Okada in 2017. Kenny in 2018. Kenny Omega. Seth Rollins again in 2019. Of course, the year of hatred for me, John Dean Ambroxley in 2020. And last year, it was once again Kenny Omega. All right. They were the number ones from 1991 to now. Okay. So let's look at, let's, let's not look at all of them, but just perusing the list, starting at 500 and moving up to 21, and then we'll count the top 20 down uh, together. Looking at the list, I'll start with you, Nate. Any names uh, kind of like cross your eye as maybe too high, too low, surprised they're there at all? Anything? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me and I'm sure uh, Steve Willie will, will have his two cents in uh, in, in a bit is – uh, once we get towards the top ten, and 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 your boy, uh, John Dean Ambroxley is is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the one that stands out to me, like like a sore thumb. And and I'm not even I'm not even saying that he should be number one, but I do feel like he earned a place in the top ten. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for me is. Seeing how high uh, Big E was, considering mm-hmm. how his how his year kind of ended, right? Uh, which which tells me something that we've all talked about on this show for uh, uh, months and maybe even years is that they they had a chance to make a guy, mm-hmm. and I feel like they didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason, and then he got hurt on a spot that was really inconsequential to anything mm-hmm. right uh and so like i who knows who knows if he comes back and if he does come back where will he be as compared to when he left uh but it's just like yeah like this this really could have if things had gone maybe the right way in terms of booking and also in terms of luck with injuries this could have been a year where biggie really made a push to be in that top three yes yeah no, I agree. I agree. We'll get to we'll get to those because uh, we're definitely going to get into those high picks in a minute. Couple I know of, you couple... were waiting for my my hard hitting Sean Styles uh, ah! here, but <laughs> you you got to you got to go to the Patreon for that, Scott. Yeah, Scully. exactly. Well, excuse me, uh, Nathaniel. My booth is up <laughs> the velvet rope. Okay, so I believe I have earned that right. No, so yes, um, coming out coming out this weekend. Uh, a two hour. Chris and I sit down and break down. Uh, the the Sean Styles uh, ranking too high, too low, just right. You got to pay to listen. Ah, I'm I'm pumped about that. Um, couple of names that that stick out for me here, uh, gentlemen. Trey Miguel mm-hmm. went up mm-hmm. 220. He went up 171 spots from 220 to 49. I think that's big. He's definitely earned that. Daniel Garcia, my went guy, from, went from 233 to 48. It's pretty good. Uh, Psycho Clown <laughs> went a hundred, jumped up a hundred and seventy-one mm. spots. That's incredible, from two twelve to forty-one. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, probably the biggest jump that I've noticed. Well, we'll get to the the, the biggest super jump will be in, when we get to the top twenty. Oh my god! Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. No, uh, oh god. Yes, 
You know, sometimes we, uh, and this is, this requires an interruption. Sure. You know, sometimes we like see things like, how did this happen? And you're like, usually like in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be part of your Patreon as well. Um, I'm going to give you a few numbers mm-hmm. and the people that are subscribed <laughs> to these numbers. And yes. uh, you're just going to have to wait. I'm going to give you like six or seven. I'll have you know, Steve, before you start naming off numbers, I'm very happy about 173, but very disappointed about who was 172. It feels disrespectful. Oh, my. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So like, how, <laughs> how, how, how dare you? How dare you put that man above uh, an icon? <laughs> William Morrissey at 172 with the man called Sting at 173. Are you kidding me? Okay, here we go. Nate, he moved up 240 spots. Last year, he was 412. Yes, he should have moved up 241 spots to be ahead of W. Morris. <laughs> like, that. that is just, like, obviously, there, there, there's 170 wrestlers better than Sting this past year. W. Morris, I don't think it was one of them. No, I don't think so either. What, what did he dive off of, Scotty? How many That's matches true. did he even have? I know, right? <laughs> what do you have in, in Impact, like? It looks like he had a cup of coffee and impact. Yeah. Yeah. Now he just walks around aimlessly uh, in the middle of dynamite segments. Just twice. And only twice. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. All right. I'm going to, we're going to start at 136 and work our way to 120. And I'll, I'll I'll skip a few. Uh, 136 Kenta, 135 Dragon Lee. Yep. Um, Let's do 133 Chris Bay. Uh, 132 Jonah, the former Bronson Reed. Well, excuse me. Uh, not former, about to be again. Uh, possibly about <laughs> to be again. Indeed. Okay. Uh, 127, Dante Martin, huge high flyer, up 199 yep. spots. Uh, 126, Sheamus, down quite a bit because he, you know, he didn't wrestle that much. Uh, 124, the debuting hook, uh, a good spot for him. Yep. Uh, Cameron Grimes at 123, like uh, NXT star- stalwart at this point. Uh, 120, Omas. No, more like yes. Omai. Yes. Omas is ranked. Above all the people I just named. <laughs> yes. He's ranked higher than Sting, for Christ's sakes. Oh, yes. yeah. Like, I'm just, like, looking at, like, 120. For 120, almost. debuting, you know what, uh, debuting, and I, I know there's a kayfabe part to this. Yes. And how much, like, television time on there. <laughs> I have nothing. I don't know what, yeah. I, I have nothing. What is that flag? What is he? What's his country? What I, is I um. Is he, is he Uganda? Omas. Uh, oh, he's he's Nigerian. Nigerian. Yes. Okay, thank he's you. from Lagos. I was going to say, what, is he related to Kamala? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is Kamala. <laughs> Which is, is I, I, why I'm, I'm glad they didn't, uh, they didn't try to rope him in with Apollo. Because you know that's where they were going. Yeah. Apollo is, um, might have been the biggest drop in the entire... Angelo Dawkins dropped 326 spots to 478. And I think J.R. Kratos would drop 344. The Dawkins drop makes no sense because no. the Street Profits have had a great year. Um, yeah, the other big drops did make sense. Like Toriano dropped 312 spots. He's been worthless. I think Even the guy Uno, that, 293, basically, is not on TV anymore. I think the guy whose name is next to 114 should have dropped 3,967 spots 
to never being on anything ever again. Who's this? Uh, 114. Okay. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Orange Cassidy. He yeah. dropped from 21? Yeah, he should have dropped from 21 to nothing. Bullshit. It is. You no, know, what's bullshit is he shouldn't even be in the business, but sorry. Orange Cassidy, two down from Nick Gage. Well, <laughs> all right, Nick let's Gage see. at 112. Guy, guy with no charisma. All right, let's see. Guy with no charisma versus guy who's only, whose only move is eating light tube glass. I don't know. I think they're even. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, my girl, Masha Slamovich. At, Huge uh, game. Masha Slamovich at 110. So I have a theory. I, I'm glad you brought her up. My theory on this, because uh, Trisha Dora is the highest ranking female on this list at 50. My mm. theory is, because I think Bianca won it last year, and Bianca's not on this. I'm yeah, guessing that these are, are women that did multi, like um, intergender matches as well. Right. Because I was going on the list, Trisha Dora was one. Uh, Masha Slamovich has done a bunch. Ali Catch was in the War Games match I saw that ended up with everyone bleeding buckets all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I got my picture taken with her and Effie before that match. Yes. Because uh, yes. I would have gotten more than COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, so uh, I, I know Kylie Ray is on there towards the bottom. She's done Jordan some Grace. matches. Jordan, Jordan Grace is 97. Jordan Grace, yeah. Jordan Grace. Mm. Theory! Only Lou Fisto was on the list. Yeah, yeah Lou Fisto, I heard, was on the list at like 390. Uh, Theory, who now has his first name back, debuted at 96. It's interesting. Uh, Riddle <laughs> dropped from 76 to 89. That's and he had a pretty good year. Yeah, he had a, I, I'm surprised at that. He, yeah, he, I am too, actually. Uh, are you upset, Nathaniel, about uh, Mr. Lee, who went from 24 to 80? I mean, I would give 30 points of that drop to Bearcat, mm -hmm. the Bearcat phase, and that yep. was out of his hands. I, and I would he, give the other and he was, uh, I was going to say, and he was uh, out for health reasons yeah. for a portion I, of the year, so... Yeah, July to June, uh, July 1st to June 30th was, uh, I, I had looked that up, but we were talking. Oh, just, that's what it yeah. is? Okay, that's what it yeah. is. Okay. So, yeah, you got Bearcat and you got, um, yeah, the, the COVID outbreak. So, I think that's the only reason why he dropped that much. Boys, you know who deserves some props? How about our now former North American heavyweight champion, Mr. Carmelo Hayes, who went from 256 to 77? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a, nice that's a big. That's a nice lift. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh our current NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Trevor Murdoch, went up three from 78 to 75. Uh, speaking of Mr. Styles, big drop from 35 to 74. Mm. Uh, that, I, think yeah. he was part of that, I think he was part of that whole COVID lost in the shuffle shit from the yeah, last Yeah, he really was. Alex Shelley popping back up on the list. Uh, yes. 70. Well, I watched yeah. him live, and he deserves it. He's fucking yeah, great. he's incredible. He's he's like, I hate to use the the cliche, but he's he still has it. Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. Also, a nice lift. Uh, Wardlow went from two eighteen mm -hmm. to sixty seven. He went well, from being well deserved. MJF bitch to the TNT champion. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, Nick Aldis dropped thirty spots from sixty to thirty, but he didn't. He's thirty to sixty. But he didn't wrestle much this year. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. Is that like uh, where QT Marshall dropped 311 spots, so. Yeah. The biggest ah, drop. The, the injustice. And the, 
And the biggest drop, one of the biggest drops, and this was more because of injury, was obviously your boy, Steve, Mr. Ibushi, who went from five to 58. But I think yeah. most of that was because he was hurt. So that really doesn't he, count. He hasn't wrestled in, got a, a year at this point? Yeah, right? He hasn't wrestled since the finals of the G1 last yeah. year. Uh, Ricochet, not bad. 91 spots. He went up from 145 to 54. That's nice. I think he's earned that. Uh, all right, guys. Let's start. Let's now officially unveil the top 20 uh, of this year's PWI 500. At number 20, and I'm gonna we're gonna make a little uh, we're gonna make a note of this. I want to make a note of how many guys are from each promotion and see who looks the best here. All right. Hmm. At number 20 from the world of wrestling of entertainment. Callum McDougal's beloved Mr. Drew McIntyre, who dropped 16 spots mm-hmm. from four to 20. Uh, he didn't have a terrible year. No. But guys Tw- had. 20 seems about right. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I feel so too. Like, I don't. Like, he was four last year. I don't think he. And he, you know, was kind of the champ during. Um, mm-hmm. like the stadium era and the close set right. era. Yep. Um, but that, that feels about right. Where's, where's Brock on all this? Uh, I don't know if we saw his name. He's not in the top. I'll, I'll look him up while we're talking. Okay. At number 19. And this is, might be the, I don't know if this is the biggest one year drop ever for a former, for a number one, the, the following year, but last year's number one, Kenneth Omega mm-hmm. dropped 18 spots from one to 19. Now, obviously most of that was the fact that he hasn't, he hadn't wrestled right. many, uh, many since full gear. When he, when he dropped the world title to, to Hangman, he was pretty much done. So he only, he only wrestled half of the window. So yeah. honestly, it seemed pretty generous that he actually was is still in the top 20, but it, I mean, it is Kenny. So, um, so that's one for WWE one for AEW at number 18 we go to AEW moving up 19 spots the former NXT world champion Adam Cole Baby. who seems like he hasn't really done much is he hurt he's hurt he had a oh, okay. like a concussion and perhaps another injury at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view okay. remember that, that wonky finish right that's right so he's he's officially not around uh so 18 is probably a pretty good spot for him right now. And it, I'm sure it'll probably go down next year. So for next year's at number 17, we go to back to WWE for kind of like what's who's pretty much become the Bret Hart of WWE. Mm. And that is Mr. Seth Rollins, who mm. moved up 31 spots from 46 to 17. And I mean, listen, he, uh, putting over Mr. Cody Devontae Rhodes, three straight pay-per-views, I would deserve to be in the top 20 as well. And that's not a bad thing. That's a compliment because he put over a guy that you want being scorching hot. So I had no problem with that. What do you think of uh, Seth in that slot, Nate? I think that's a good spot. Seth, you know, you made the Bret Hart comparison. I would also say Seth is kind of morphing into that Roddy Piper role. Where he's a guy. He's a guy who can be a top heel, but he doesn't need the belt to be relevant. Uh, love that. Love that. What do you think of that comparison, Steve? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he really hasn't had that battle. I actually might move him up one or two spots more. I think he can mm-hmm. go a little bit higher than where he's at. 
But just a uh, real quick counting, it looks like fifth uh, for WWE in terms of like the, the fifth top guy in WWE. And I think that's fair. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Brock absolutely. is not Brock is not listed. I wonder if he just didn't have enough matches. He probably yes. to qualify. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, you need at least ten matches to qualify. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. At number sixteen from uh, AEW, moving up ten spots, Mr. Friedman, MJF, who obviously when the thing ended, I don't even think he was wrestling. Mm-mm. In the last couple of months. months, yeah, but uh, he definitely belongs in the top ten, so I'm fine with this. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been higher if he was there for the summer, I would think. Yeah, but he, uh, he, he even uh, put a tweet out saying that, like, like surprisingly positive tweet. I know, right? About like, well, thank you very much. Like, well, like yeah, well, he's rank, engaged. Basically, good ranking. Yeah, well, he's engaged too, so he's he's living he's living a good life. Uh. At number uh, 15, we go to New Japan, the first New Japan uh, entry in the top 20. Uh, Moving up 47 spots from last year, Mr. Tanahashi. What do you think, Steve? I think that's a little too high. Mm -hmm. Um, He's starting to be broken down, and he's still the ace. He still has great matches. I thought his match with Moxley was very good. Um, He's... Didn't all oh, the G1 doesn't count because that was later, um, right. but still, I, I don't he had like this the big match with Kenta where they basically like he murdered Kenta in that match at Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, yeah, I, I think the big miss here is that uh, Osprey should have been mm-hmm. about in this spot and made yeah. Tanahashi down towards, yeah, we didn't mention 30. that earlier. Osprey was 27. As a matter of fact, I Braun Breaker was higher than Osprey. You know who else was higher than Osprey? Hammerstone. Hammerstone. AC Mack had a huge one jump of my boys. from I love two, Hammerstone. Up, up 247. Yeah. Um and, and maybe we we maybe this was before we went on the air like Osprey had we talked about this but Osprey had his uh kidney problems so maybe mm-hmm. yeah. taking time off dropped him down. Mm. Uh at 14 from Impact. Great pick. Former I don't know if he still is. Is he still a champ? I think he is. Yeah. The current Impact World Champion, Nathaniel, up 100, I'm sorry, up 93 spots from 107 to 14, Mr. Josh Alexander. What do you think of that one, Nate? That feels about right. Like, I mm-hmm. think Alexander had a great year. Uh, he's, because of the company he works in, I feel like there's a ceiling uh, that you can reach yeah. on this list. You know, this isn't. Like AJ Styles, you know, a decade ago. You know, this is 2021, 2022 impact. And Alexander is a good champion, but he's a champion that doesn't get a lot of eyeballs. And he's also like there, there was a bit more to AJ's game, which would put him in the, in those higher rankings. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. this is a good spot for Alexander. Yeah, I think so too, Steve. Good Did spot mid-teens. How did he win the belt? Who did he win it from? Uh, Moose. Okay, he yeah. Moose. And Moose was, uh, Moose it looked like it was 21 22. Moose, Moose beat, is beat 21. The, oh, Christian beat Kenny for the title. Christian beat Kenny. Um, so yes. that was a, like, if they ended up having a match with Josh Alexander and Kenny during that little Kenny run in Impact, mm. 
I, I think you might have seen Alexander mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. higher, higher. Yeah, because he hasn't had that like yeah. big. Match In hindsight, that, that was that, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you 100. At number 13, this one just totally blows my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Technically, I could say from the NWA, although <laughs> he's been in other places, but he's been here more than any other right now. Moving up. 297 slots. I'm sorry, 284. I get this. I get these columns wrong. Moving up 284 (laughs) slots from 297 to 13, Matt Cardona. Mm. That one probably is the most shocking of (laughs) all of them. Would you put Matt Cardona above anybody between 20 and 14? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Now, being an NWA expert, he won the title. He won the world title. Remember, he won he won the what the GCW belt. He won some other belt. And he had that belt in impact. And then he beat Trevor Murdoch at the at the paper at their at the special show in, in uh Kentucky in March, right before the Crockett Cup, to win the NWA world title. He beat Nick Aldis by disqualification at the Crockett Cup. And then at, the, at his branded pay-per-view, it's like his version of Rock Bottom, at Always Ready in June, he was supposed to defend it against Aldis again, but he popped a bicep or a pec, one of the two. And I think it was a bicep. And had to forfeit the title. Stayed on camera for most of the summer. Uh, he put over uh, Rush Freeman's brother, Rolando, in back-to-back nights at NWA 74 and then on Power. But he is getting his rematch with uh, Murdoch coming up on November 12th at Hard Times 3 down in New Orleans, where I think he is going to win the title back. So he hasn't had a terrible year. He's probably had his best year in a few. But number 13 good? Mm. Uh, uh, I don't know. Probably not. Nate thinks Sting had a better year than Matt Cardona. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, bell to bell, Scotty, there's an argument to be made. Yeah. <laughs> Going on the curve of a 65-year-old man, there, there's yeah. an argument to be made, Scotty. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is possible, Steve. <laughs> like, is possible. We, we, we'll have to wait uh, 25, 30 years to see if Matt Cardona can pull off these kind of performances when, when he's a senior citizen. Yes. At number 12, hmm. and a lot of people think this is maybe one of the most criminal spots, from AEW, mm. he was number one two years ago. He was almost assassinated by a podcast host, but I let him, I mean, uh, that guy let him live. And now dropping six spots to number 12, Mr. John Dean Ambroxley. Uh, dropping 12 spots in two years. I mean, he... Spent most of the previous year, you know, rehabbing uh, physically and mentally and chemically. Um, but huh. since then, I see a different John Moxley. I actually mm-hmm. maybe maybe it was because he was on something, but I like this John Moxley. What am I? What's wrong with me, uh, <laughs> Steve Aloysius Willie? I actually <laughs> like this John Moxley. I mean. I think he should be in the top 10. Um, I think he should, to be honest. Uh, 
I don't know. Is he too low, Steve Willie? Okay. I, I saw that they were defending themselves by saying because of, you know, he was in rehab and he missed three months. Um, you can also say that CM Punk, who we get to, was not hmm. involved for the first three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, same with Danielson, right? And <laughs> and mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Said, I I feel that I can at least put him above to um, our number eleven, who we'll get to. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about our number eight. Um, our number nine, man, I don't know how much when his injury happened, but he's been, uh, he's been off since March 11th. So that's been three and a half months. So, uh, our number 10 didn't really wrestle that many matches this year either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually he wrestled a lot more than I thought he did. Mm. Uh, our number 10. Yes, he did. I, I, I can see him at a, at a, I, he should be in the top 10. Mm. I, I could make a, a good point for him. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if they felt they needed to put more Japan guys mm-hmm. in because we only got three in the top 20 and that's not normal. No, it's not. Uh, what do you think, uh, Nathaniel about John Dean and Broxley's uh, slot here? Yeah, I think he definitely should have been in the top 10. Uh, I would have had him at 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, to Steve's point, though, from earlier, part of the construction of this list is kayfabe. Mm-hmm. I think another part of the construction of this list is what's going to get people talking. And what will get yeah. people talking more? If we put Mox at 9 or 10, or if we leave Mox a spot or two outside of the top 10? And it's obviously if we leave him a couple spots outside of the top 10, so I think, you know, and, and you you talked about their defense of the pick, Steve, but I think, you know, just in the business of getting clicks and selling magazines, like yeah. maybe maybe that was a decision made on, <laughs> on business terms where it's like, like he really should be at 10, but we'll drop him a couple spots because that'll get people talking. Yeah, I kind of like Cardona at 13. And I know that like mm-hmm. that was like his GCW run started almost at the very beginning. And I get the hustle that mm-hmm. he that he does but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair you do, you do have to give cardona an extra point for chelsea green like i feel like that's a and, part and of uh i did see i i told jordan this the aw show at the gcw show that i got COVID at um because god knows i got it at that show um yeah she be did lucky, be the, lucky that's the only thing you got at that show seriously I'll take COVID um, over uh, anything else. <laughs> glass in my eyes. Um, she did the old Terry Runnell shotgun Saturday night spot in uh, <laughs> Matt Cardona's match uh, with, with the uh, duct tape over her nipples. Uh, so, yeah, that, that might be uh, part of the package, too, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 11 from New Japan, Shingo Takagi. He dropped it down two spots from a year ago. He was nine. Now he's 11. The top 10. And this is the this is a big one because in the top ten is technic. It's funny on in our top ten is a guy who's currently a free agent, and a guy who technically split the year between mm-hmm. the two biggest companies. We'll get to him in a second. Number ten, former ROH World Champion, now a free agent, Mister Gresham. 
um, who had a good year. He had a great year. Um, let, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Nathaniel, as we enter this year. Do we think by the rumble we will see Jonathan Gresham in one of the brands? It's definitely possible. I think it all depends on what Gresham wants to do because mm-hmm. part of the story of him, you know, coming out of the, you know, losing the ROH title is that there, there seems to be an, a lack of respect that he feels. And Jonathan Gresham is a guy that we've seen, Steve. You know, he doesn't need to be linked to a bigger promotion. You know, he, he started Terminus. You know, he's somebody who has some other things that I think he wants to accomplish in the sport. Uh, Obviously, money always uh, sways opinions, and I could see him signing that tre- check with Triple H. I see him, though, as a guy that would be an NXT lifer, unfortunately. Right. And that's, that's not a bad – yeah, that's not a bad thing. You know, you, you can have a lot of great matches, make a lot of money, you know, get in the video games, get some merch. But I feel like his height, even, even in this new progressive Triple H WWE, Scott – I still mm-hmm. think his height is something that could be seen as a hindrance to some of the higher ups. What do you think, Steve? I boy, I I thought he was going to be like the stalwart of Ring of Honor um, mm-hmm. and one of the guys who was going to carry the promotion. I mean, he did carry the promotion on his back, uh, his very large back for the entire pandemic when they were shut down. Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, it, like you said, Nate, NXT lifer is, is the ceiling in WWE for him. Um, there, there's a couple height chokes there that I'm just not going to lower myself uh, <laughs> to make. Um, I am wondering if he is just going to piecemeal a nice living together out of of being a weekend warrior i think he's Mm -hmm. you know he go to japan Mm -hmm. go to germany go you know go to england uh do you know do spot shows all over the place i mean he's already i mean he did the rick flair show yeah it's not really but like before he left aew's like did some iwtv stuff he did wxw in germany he did did progress in england terminus Mm -hmm. pwg um impact he's done these are all this year gcw mm-hmm. uh another progress defy which is uh out in oregon uh ring ring of honor beyond that that's just this year the different places he's gone mm-hmm. so i i think that he can probably put together a nice little career mm-hmm. at this point doing this um, and maybe he can come back to AEW. Um, and we kind of haven't had that guy for a few years, Steve. You know, since Scotty's boy kind of raided the indies uh, and mm-hmm. AEW was born. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't had that indie go-to guy. Right. You know, like Keith Lee was a few years back. Where it's like, that's the, if, if that guy's coming to your town, you need to buy a ticket. Because yeah, you're going to see something great. Yeah. Yep. 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 Good call. Yep. Uh, all right, number nine, another one of our favorites from WWE. Uh, he moved up four spots from last year, but, of course, he is currently on the shelf with an injury. Nate mentioned him, of course, Mr. Langston. Mr. Langston, Biggie. Uh, I think if Biggie 
was healthy the whole year and maybe stayed champion longer, he probably would be like maybe five or four. Nate, mm. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think, and we talked about this a little bit on the NWA podcast over on Post, where the the way they put the title on Big E, yes, it was a good feel-good moment in the moment, but when you kind of step back and look at the totality of his title run, I think they didn't do him any favors, and the extent that he got over was pretty much all Big E, you know, and his connection with the fans and doing the stuff like the college game day or the uh, uh, Deontay, was it De- the Wilder fight? Yeah. He did yeah. the intro yeah. for? he did the intro like, for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he, like, I think he was doing, like, the NASCAR intro. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the juice Big E got out of that title run was based on his work versus anything the company did for him. Um, and like, I think had he stayed healthy, he probably would have jumped up a few more spots on this list, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what they were planning for Big E once they took the title off of him because it kind of felt like he kind of fell back into the same old routine with the New Day guys, which is, you know, not a bad thing because the New Day is great, but he's a guy that was ready to be a top guy and you made him a top guy for a few months and then you decided mm, he's not the top guy and we need Roman, you know, which I understand, but we also need Brock, which is a play I didn't understand. It's like, right. Yes. Brock, Brock is box office, but you can always bring back a Brock. If the check's big enough, you only get one chance to kind of make a guy. And I feel like they dropped the ball with Big E. So hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he comes back to close to where he was when he left. But I think this was kind of the moment, Steve, where you had a chance to make a new. And it, it feels weird talking about, like, you're going to make a new young guy and Big E's like 35. It feels like they should have <laughs> done this five years ago. But uh, hopefully they can they can get back to making him something when he returns and, and with Triple H kind of at the helm. Yeah, what do you think, Steve? The uh, the young buck who's thirty five. Yep. Yes, this scrappy so newcomer. Uh, I'm not trying. Yeah, it's so WWE right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just you know my. I'm worried that I, I was telling a client about this just yesterday. Like, I I'm worried that he's never gonna have never gonna be able to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really worried about that. Um, I don't know if he's coming back. It, it just, I, I've been thinking really, that too, actually. I really, truly hope that he is, but I've been, I, I love him. I read a lot of the interviews that he's had mm-hmm. since he's been injured when he comes out. And there's just like, it, maybe it's just my psych brain reading too much into it that he's like becoming at peace with the fact that if it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. he's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, my question for you, Nate, Regarding Biggie, because you said you had talked about this on on you know an NWA podcast, did you get the feeling that a lot of these opportunities that he was getting for like game day and going out to NASCAR and whatnot were these more his opportunities mm-hmm. as opposed to WWE making these opportunities for him? It felt like it. It felt like you know very much and like. It- uh, uh, one of the other things we talked about on that episode, Steve, is Biggie's a guy that if if it's not in the cards, 
he's going to be okay because he's somebody you could easily see if he wants to. He could be a college football broadcaster. He's oh, yeah. Done, yep. he's, he's done this thing with, uh, you know, the teaching black history, like the schoolhouse rock thing. Oh, like, yeah. I was all ready for that. Yeah. Like, I think Biggie is somebody who's going to find success if he doesn't step in a ring again. Uh, but it felt very much like these opportunities that he got with the with the Wilder fight, with the uh, college game day, with NASCAR, it felt like those were things that, you know, maybe there was somebody in the company that kind of pointed him in that direction, but it mm-hmm. feels very much like he put in the work. I, and I he went out and got too. those opportunities. As mm. a, and and no, no disrespect for Miz, I just put over his work ethic earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Those are more WWE yes. led things. And I just felt the same way about Big E that this felt a little more on him coming from him mm-hmm. and uh you know using the wwe to help him get that yeah so yeah I, like yeah I, I think he might have these more opportunities and i and i hope he can still wrestle but i also if he doesn't and he's going to put his health in danger like same thing i always said about brian danielson who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite wrestlers of all time I, I felt really uncomfortable for a long time with him coming back. Uh, I mm-hmm. feel much more comfortable with that now, but yeah, I'd, r- I'd rather see him never come back and be healthy um, than come back and, you know, God forbid something, something happened. Mm. We'll have to see. We'll see what happens as we turn the calendar to 2023 and get closer to the rumble and, and that kind of stuff. At number eight, uh, again, a mysterious one here. This, this person moved up. 34 spots from 42. I'm guessing he wrestles in. Uh, I'm thinking. I think AAA right now. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, I think, yeah. AAA I got lost right now. He's in. He's in AAA. Yep. Yeah, Eli Elijo del Vikingo. Yeah, he, I've His only is seen Emmanuel Roman Morales. I've only seen one or two matches of his. Um, Pete would be able to speak a lot more on this. Um, I, yeah. I, I saw a match with um, him and somebody against uh, Penta and Phoenix. Um, there, there's been a few matches too. Like there's a match earlier this year with the Bucks against uh, him and and Phoenix. I think Pentagon must have been injured or something. Um, mm. Just super high flyer. Mm. Um, just a ton of ton of matches in the last year. Uh, big big matches that he's had with right. some names that we've all heard of like uh Johnny Mundo, Flamita, uh Bandido, uh like I said Penta and Phoenix the Bucks. So yeah, it's like I just don't know enough about him and uh maybe we can ask Pete when he's on next time just mm. to to go through a little bit of him. Yeah. Uh at, no do do you know anything about him, Nate? Just what Steve said and what uh, Pete said, because I think Pete said he was at one of the uh, shows in Texas. Yeah, uh, he definitely wrestled uh, Dallas. Yeah, he definitely wrestled Dallas weekend. Definitely. Uh, Number seven, up 30, uh, 29 spots from 36. Now with AEW as uh, uh, one of Steve's favorites, Mr. Brian Danielson. Uh, Did he really wrestle the whole year, though? Yeah, I guess he did. He's wrestled a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, and and, the, and to be fair, like it's not so much the quality, but uh, the quantity, but the quality, because he had yes, a that's stretch true. for about two months where every time he went out, he had bangers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I think 
in in this case, yeah, I, I think if you're just going strictly on the the amount of work he put in, maybe he's a little high. But given the level of quality of those matches, especially like the Hangman matches, the Hangman matches, yeah, yep, I think he he deserves it. The match mm. just like I know this doesn't count towards the thing, but like Scott, you would love the match with Jericho last night. Just really yeah. old school. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. No, I'll definitely watch it because I wanted the match at all out to be great, and it was just kind of mm. yeah. This this yeah. well outdone, well outpaced that match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at number six, maybe one of the few guys in the history, maybe not one of the few, but maybe since the end of the Monday Night War, uh, where a guy spent the year half and half with the two <laughs> biggest promotions. We are, of course, talking about Nate's and mine, brother from another mother, Mr. Cody Devante Rhodes at six, up five spots from 11. Uh, obviously, he had a, a decent end of AEW run. And then, of course, uh, I was in the building that Saturday night in Dallas, mm-hmm. and that pl- the place just lost it. It, it was very comparable not all, not quite, but very comparable to Stone Cold's pop a little bit later on in the in the evening. But of course, he has been stunted because of the uh, that loving that beautifully purpley purple uh, pec injury. Uh, we'll probably see him return uh, at the end of January in San Antonio, most likely. Um, he's like an enigma right now, Nate. Like Cody is like. He's like in a prime position in the wrestling business right now. He helped build a company from scratch. And then he got kind of kicked. And now he is like on just waiting for the moment where he's going to be at the top of the mountain that he really didn't get to in AEW. Technically. It's crazy. What do you think, Nathaniel? Mm. It's our guy, Mr. Devante. Yes, and honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have an issue with him being up a spot or two. Like I think those Seth matches were some of the best, you know, WWE matches uh, mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, and I think, in terms of the out of the ring context, we're still feeling the ripples of that move, Steve, because I think that Cody, Cody did this for himself yes but i think cody's showing a path for other people where you don't have to be beholden to a company uh even a company you create mm-hmm. uh and you can make the best moves for you you know in, in this business and he's it's very much worker focused you know with the moves that cody has made over the last few years and yeah i, I think his aw run ended on a bit of a weird note um, yes, it did. But I, but I, I feel like Steve had, you know, not not to be part of the let it play out crowd, Steve Willie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like had, you know, the sliding doors, uh, you know, not closed and Cody had remained in AEW. I feel like Cody would have figured out a way to land that plane and tell that story, because I think Cody is one of the better storytellers in the business and he would have figured something out. Uh but now he gets to take that talent to uh, Stanford, which is not as nice as taking your talents to South Beach. Uh, and mm-hmm. he gets to that's for sure. He gets to tell these stories on a bigger stage. And yeah, had it not been for that injury, I feel like 
Cody, Cody would have been wearing, you know, one or both of those top belts by the end of the year. Oh, yeah, agreed. I, I think his ranking in this this high is less for his in-ring work and more for the uh, business decisions that he made and for jump, the story, the headlines that he made. Um, more than anything, like like you said, he had you know his end of AEW. He had like a couple, uh, good to great matches, but there was also a lot of like the weird stuff that he did. Uh, this in man the ring, set himself on fire. He and set the himself on fire care. for no reason. Um, <laughs> well, the re- well, no, he had a reason. We we've talked about this in the show previously. Yes. His ego was hurt. His ego was hurt because he was getting booed, so he started to do more and more ridiculous. Things. Yes, and uh, you know, and that's that's why. Um, right. But yeah, and then you know, but, but hey, like if we're gonna take off uh, points for the Moxley thing, he uh, let let's see, he wrestled on December thirtieth. Didn't wrestle again until the losing to Guevara. The, losing the championship on the 2020 on January 26 didn't wrestle again until mania so in the course of January February March four months he had uh two matches mm. so uh I, this is yeah you know to get people talking but more so like the headlines he he generated uh yeah, right. huge huge for the business um I'm mm. more of like like I'm geeky I'm like more of like match guy and like like the number one i think is the ultimate no-brainer um mm. yeah I, I think that's a a layup slang dunk a guy who did everything across the board uh cody mm-hmm. i think like if it were my rankings i think he would be a little bit lower down um top 10 mm. probably but i think he'd be a little bit lower down i would not i would not have been upset if if i can't if this i can't believe i'm doing this again if Cody and Moxley's slots flip flop, mm-hmm. I'd have been okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd have been okay with that. I can't believe I just said that. What the fuck is wrong with me? Because well, um, I think Moxley has been shown as the face of AEW, especially mm-hmm. uh, the last few months. And he's got to stop. He's got to stop wrestling the fucking garbage matches, though. He's got to stop. Yeah, I, I, he's done better the last couple months with that. I, I do agree with you. You don't got to bleed every single match. Yeah. Um, no, you, yeah, you're getting paid much. by a bigger company. You don't need this fucking. You don't need fucking, <laughs> you know, shards of glass in your eyes for Christ's sakes, just to be a tough right. guy. Stop it. Um, Number yeah, five, the combination of oh, Moxley, sorry. the combination of Moxley's matches, and being the face of the company and main eventing, uh, would make me want to switch with Cody. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm. Not, I, I will tell you right now. Uh, well, we're gonna make we're gonna make a prediction at the end of the show, but. At number five, moving up, uh, oh, dropping two spots, but still in the top five is a guy that I, I actually have loved for the last. He was like the face, and this is actually a compliment. He was the good face of the pandemic for WWE, and that is the Almighty Bobby <laughs> Lashley. And and that and I'm saying that as a compliment with all the shit that went on and the crap in those two years, in the in his last two years, Bobby Lashley showed up. All the time and mm-hmm. brought the goods in the ring every single time. It was it was epic. Mm. So I don't know. I think I think five is fine yeah. for me, Nate. 
yeah, it's good good spot for Lashley. I feel like again, you know, if this were if this were Triple H's WWE the entire year, I feel like instead of going to that Roman Brock match again, we might have gotten Brock and Bo- uh, Roman and Bobby, which I think would have been the more intriguing mm-hmm. matchup for who's currently on your roster. But yeah, Bobby had a good year. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought breaking him apart from MVP was going to hurt him, but he's actually flound, uh, He's actually flourished in a babyface role, which I don't think folks would have thought last year. So uh, Bobby's had a good year. And again, you know, that that, that impact schooling there, Steve Willie, that impact uh, sitting under the learning tree of, of, of impact wrestling has benefited well, Scott so Tamora. many people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Scott Tamora. Yeah, Drew um, McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. all these people had to go uh, to the real NXT. Yes, Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> At number four, my bu- yes, I was very happy about this one. Moving up 30 spots from 34 to four, the former should be, once again, AEW world champion, the innocent mm-hmm. Hangman Page. Innocent, I tell you. Innocent, Phil Brooks. Innocent. Good spot, Pete. Uh, well, Pete, when I think it's a good spot. What do you think, Steve? I thought he should have been higher the previous year. I, I think this mm. is. I think this is a good spot for him. I mean, he had the the feud with Kenny that got him the title. He had the mm-hmm. huge match with the Bucks. Um, well, that might have been the year before. You know, the pandemic screwed everything up. But I I think this is, he and Moxley are, you know, the faces of the company, right? He's, Adam Page has been there every single week without fail. Just like Mm -hmm. Lashley been there every single week without fail. Um, Page has always been there. The quote unquote controversy like around him is not, like I said, and I'll keep saying it. It was not a big deal. Um, and yeah, I, I think he will. He's definitely done more than the Bucks. I think on purpose, the Bucks don't even wrestle that much. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenny's been hurt. Um, Danielson's uh, been great, but Paige has also had stories behind him. He's yes. had stories since he started in the company. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I think this is a great pick. And. Um, I, I I think overall this top ten is actually pretty darn good. Mm, yeah, I was I almost uh, said something really bold, but then I, I held back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a lesson Phil Brooks should have learned. Uh, I think I think that uh, this is a good spot for Hangman. You know, I think the only time he took away this past year was you know after the birth of his kid. Mm-hmm. Which is completely understandable. Any any right thinking uh, father would do that in that spot. He is to me, and this is no d- disrespect to Moxley, who I think you're right, Scotty. Once Mox, you know, kind of got his personal life in order, the wrestling has reflected that. And you know, like I do like this version of Mox that we have now. I still feel like. In a way, Hangman feels very stingish to me, you know, Steve Willie. In a way that you look at Sting when Hogan and all these other guys came in, 
And it's like Sting should be the guy right now. But he can't be the guy because we got all these other dudes we paid all these all this big money to. Mm-hmm. I feel like his guy. And were this, you know, a, a territory in the 80s, we, this would be Hangman Page's territory. Uh, but because we're not in that era, and you do bring in guys like Mox and Danielson and Punk and, and some of these other guys, he can get lost in the shuffle at times, but I don't think you should let that discount the year that he had and, and hopefully uh, the year that he has to come because I do feel like, you know, Danielson's probably going to get a run with the belt. You know, Mox might be back in the mix, but I feel like ultimately Paige should be one of your flagship guys going forward. Yeah, he's been there since day one and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's basically level two after Cody Bucks and Omega in terms of who started mm-hmm. the company. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was in the finals for the title for a reason with Jericho yeah. for the first belt. You may have been um, in your first pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Moxley's kind of a day one or once the company proper started. Um, but he still has a little bit of the WWE guy to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is a really good spot for him. My hot take, and I'll just kind of <laughs> go into number three here. Like for a second, I almost like maybe he should have switched with number three, Scott. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to I'm going to hold back on that. That hot take is. Well, of course, at number three uh, is my is probably my real bitch moment of the of, of the list of the show tonight. Mr. Philip uh, Artemis Brooks. At number three, um, I think is a bunch of crap, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think his matches this year were that great. I'll be honest. Um, he didn't wrestle a ton. And, uh, and he was out for a while, Mm -hmm. although I know that was mostly this year, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't mind him in the top 10. He deserves. He does not deserve to be higher than a decent amount of guys below him. Mm-hmm. Steve, I just think three is bullshit. It's too high. Let's see. Uh, he's got about twenty matches that he had during the the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's where he should be for similar reasons as Cody. Mm. Now he did have some good. He did have some good matches. Sometimes yeah. it depends. Uh, I think some of his dynamite matches were actually better than the really big matches. Yeah. Like, like, like he, he did have a stretch where he was kind of putting over guys like, even though he won the matches, he was putting over guys like Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, he basically uh, and, and dropped Darby's Ward- of the world. He, he yeah, dropped yeah. Wardlow. He let Wardlow destroy him. It was just yep. this yeah. total fluke thing. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He had some like, like the match with Kingston was decent. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the match with Harwood, which was like him basically putting over Harwood. Had the match with Dustin, where he let Dustin take him for 17 minutes. Uh, I think some of his really big matches weren't great. The the dog collar match was good, them Jeff. But I think it's the the fact that he came back, that mm-hmm. he sold out the United Center, based on a rumor like that that yeah. like, like he's coming back. 
Mm-hmm, uh, like mm-hmm. that kind of business type stuff, I think, is the reason that he's up there. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, a page deserves it because he's there every week. He's the heart and soul of the company. You know, like I said, him and Mox. But then, you know, like, no, like the business he did mm-hmm. alone, like the ice cream thing, the the T-shirts. Yeah. The, he made Rampage the a relevant show for a month because when he debuted, you're like, oh, what's going to happen next week? And then after about a month, we were like, okay, Rampage is yeah. what Rampage is. <laughs> Rampage yep. is getting like 500,000, 600,000, 700,000. When he was on, it was well over a million. Yeah. Like, it's not even, it's, you know, he's, yeah, like I said, he sold out the United Center. The The Blackhawks don't sell out the United Center. The The Bulls say they sell out the United <laughs> Center, but they had a lot of seats open at the United Center during <laughs> the Bulls games. They sold out Nobody's the here Center. to see you, Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah. They sold out the United Center in 1992, not 2022. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and the United keep... Center wasn't even open in 1992. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, from 1998, and people left their credit cards in, and they forgot mm-hmm. to like undo it. It's yeah. just, just auto renewing. Yeah. Exactly. Alex Caruso. Yeah. Does Alex Caruso bang the floor? Because Alex Caruso feels like a guy who bangs the floor. Yes. Yes. Get back on defense. <laughs> well, we're talking about number two, Steve. Why don't you look up all the. Uh, Bulls playoff games on TBS Uh, (laughs) instead of of Thunder and see what did better. Bulls playoff games or Thunder in 1998. I think we know the answer to that. Yeah, I think so too. At number two, and here's a shocker, even though he's one of my favorite guys, I did not expect him to be this hot. Moving up 23 spots Mm. from 25 to two. This guy was a former number one, and now he is number two. K O Kevin Owens. Ah, see, <laughs> I, gotcha. I let the note hang like like the end of a day in the life by the Beatles. Kyle uh, O. Kyle O. <laughs> think so. uh, yes, K- uh, uh, Okada is number two. I was kind of stunned at this. Of course, he's the world champion right now in, mm-hmm. in uh, Japan. Um, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, Jay White is he's he was the G no, one. Jay White. That's right. He, yeah, Okada won. He G1. will be the the world champion in yeah, Okada in, will be in a J1. couple months time. Like, yeah, he will in January. Like I saw him do it in 2019 at the Garden. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I was kind of stunned at this one, Steve. I was kind of stunned at this one. Okada didn't have a bad year, but New Japan, I feel like, is still behind the eight ball on a lot of things. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Two, two. I think it's high, you know, and to be honest, I really haven't watched much New Mm. Japan this year, um, this past couple of years, because it just hasn't been interesting. I'm trying. So it's to June 30th. I'm just going to cage match and just seeing some of Meltzer's ratings to see if anything pops up. Um, Four and a half stars for the I don't agree with that at all. That was the four way at Forbidden Door. Um, Four and three quarters with Jay White. It looks like he had some really good matches in May and June and then for the New mm. Japan Cup. But uh, it's basically like any time he's in a singles match, he's getting at least three and three quarter stars. So like mm. had a pretty good G1 last year, but not great. Like I don't see any five star matches. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit surprising that he's that he's that high. But um, again, kind of going back to what I said earlier. You only had Tanahashi, Takagi, and Okada in Heron. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you gotta have yeah. someone up there. So he's the face of the company. So that that, that might just be why he got up so high. Mm. I agree. I think it's the New Japan representation plus New Japan kind of. Not that it was a bounce back year, Steve Willie, but it was a better year than the previous year. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that kind of reflects that. Also, Okada's kind of the guy that he's he's at the stage of his career where unless he falls off a cliff, like he's going to be in that top 10 mix somewhere. And so then the question becomes, where do you put him? And I, I think he's a little high, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it too. Um, which means at number one in the PWI 500 for 2022, obviously there's one name we have not mentioned yet. This is his second time at number one. He was number one in 2016 and a lot less popular, I guess, which is <laughs> funny since he was a babyface then, but he's a heel now. I am, of course, talking about. The Chief. Robert Parrish. No. Uh, I was waiting for you to say it, Steve. When I said the Chief. I was waiting for you to say say Robert Parrish. Um, The Tribal Chief. The head of the table. Jay Strongbow. Jay Strongbow. Oh, God. That's awful. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. I am, of course, talking about Mr. Mr. Roman Reigns. Um, Listen, what can you say? Guy's a stud. He's no doubt. Headlined yeah. pay per view. Yeah. All right, he's wrestled. Remember the only, probably the only knockback is that he's wrestled Brock like six hundred and forty-seven times, and and maybe yeah. we got a little right. overkill on that. But otherwise, the guy's had an amazing year. He's headlined every pay per view. He kept things steady while the pandemic slowly faded. Mm-hmm. Um. Nate, what can you say? I mean, he is he's the face of wrestling right now. Yeah, easy number one pick. You know, outside of uh, a brief window when Cody debuted, like he has easily been the hottest act in the company uh, yep. for the better part of the last two years. And his matches always deliver, uh, which is a knock I think a lot of people had on him early in his career. Uh, the promos are better. Uh, the the entire act with the bloodline and Heyman, like it's it's everything that made the Heyman Brock relationship great, but better because we've got the Usos and we've got yep. Roman who is just like this badass. And I think Roman Reigns is the guy. And I, and I know if uh, uh, Steve's neighbor uh, Jermaine from Chicago is, <laughs> is listening to this episode, he's probably thrown his laptop out the window by now. Uh, but but. For all of the hate Roman Reigns gets, there's a reason this guy is in the position where he is in this company. You know, he is somebody who is a believable top heel, soon to be probably uh, within the next year or so, to, uh, top baby face at some point. <laughs> uh, but like Roman, Roman is that guy. Roman is like, it, it doesn't take uh, a rocket scientist to look at this roster and be like, who's the guy that should be on top? Like, yeah, like there may be, there's better wrestlers, bell to bell, Steve. There's better promo guys. You know, there's better, uh, you know, there, there's there's a lot of people that are better at certain aspects of what Roman does. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody has the the Lex Luger total package right now that Roman Reigns does in that company. Yeah, 
and he's somebody who's who's still battling health issues, right? Like yeah. this is somebody who's had to deal with this in the midst of a pandemic. Like, yeah, I think I give him all the credit in the world. I think Roman is a guy that single-handedly, you know, it reinvigorated SmackDown because that show was pretty stagnant for a little bit after the debut yep. on Fox and Roman kind of reinvigorated that program. So I think you got to give a lot of credit to the tribal chief here. Yeah, there's not much else to to really save. Um constantly the one thing I hear about SmackDown is you got to watch it for Roman Reigns. Uh, the whole mm-hmm. bloodline thing has been going on. I mean, that that started during the pandemic when he had the match with the, at the Hell of Cell with one of the Usos, and it just kind of yeah, built yeah. and built from, from there. Yep. And now we even have Sami Zayn involved in it. Mm-hmm. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's really good. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. All right, so last question, gentlemen, on what has been a really fun night of discussion. We are having this this uh, we are having this episode one year from now. Nathaniel Artemis Milton, who is your guess mm. for number one on the twenty twenty three PWI five hundred. You know, when you ask me this question, Scott, I, I get very uh, excited about my answer. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve, Steve, you could say I've got adrenaline mm. in my veins, which means there can only be one name, and that is Cody Rhodes at the top of the list, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta you're, be honest. You're, you're undisputed WWE champion, Cody Rhodes. I got to be honest, Steve. I agree. I agree. Cody Devontae Rhodes will be number one in the 2023 PWI 500. Number two, Sting. No. Uh, (laughs) Just to make Nate feel better. Number two, Hangman Page. Mm. It's really hard. Um, I feel like I have to pick someone different. I, I'm going to go with a three-peat. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns again. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, it won't be a three-peat because he didn't get it last year. Oh, I thought he got it last Oh, he was two the year before. Yeah. No, last year it was uh, it was uh, Okada, right? No, it was, um, it was Kenny last year. Yeah. Okay. Roman was two. He was one in 2016. Yep. I was just saying that. When yeah. he was a baby face, nobody liked him. Now yep. he's a heel and everybody loves him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel right. like... The like that will and that will be kind of the end of his big run mm-hmm. uh, uh, up top of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also somebody who wants to kind of branch out into the movies and things of that nature. So we'll probably start to see the deceleration gradually of Roman Reigns. Yeah, because because think... because is going to get him in the program, too, <laughs> or, or the tooth fairy, too, to get him, you know, start at the bottom level. <laughs> Where's Danhausen going to be? Oh, yes. <laughs> Hopefully higher than Orange Cassidy. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. Um, well, guys, another tremendous episode. Uh, we thank you for listening, everybody. It was a lot of fun. Steve, what do you got going on? 
Ah, well, the day that this drops, I mentioned earlier on, I did, uh, you know what that means, the AEW podcast that's on the North-South connection. It was Jordan and me and no Andrew Reese. So, you know, Scott might listen to it then. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) No shitty shitty theories at the end. No shitty (laughs) Austin theories at the end. Um, And then I believe I'm going to be doing the mothership with you guys. You are in a month or so. You are coming up in October. Shh, keep that under wraps. I didn't uh, say a word. That's right. I can edit it. Um, <laughs> we're gonna play. We're gonna play Roman's theme very loud at the end of this anyway. So then um, let the, we'll we'll let the speculation run rampant like punk at the United Center, and then Steve exactly. Willie's music hits. Yep. Is that Steve Willie from Tough Enough? Yeah, Tough <laughs> Enough twenty years ago. Um. <laughs> Uh, Nathaniel, what is going on over on the uh, Kings of Sport Patreon? Yes, the Kings of Sport Patreon. Oh, before uh, I get to the Patreon, I do want to shout out uh, Righteous Reg, uh, who mm-hmm. performs the theme song for the NWA podcast over on Post. He put out the VW mm. 500 list uh, this past week uh, in conjunction with the PWI 500. And the BW 500 is his listing, his ranking of the top uh, black performers in the business and really quickly i'll run through his top five uh at uh-huh. five we had uh jonathan uh, gresham mm-hmm. at four carmelo hayes at three bobby lashley at two shane swerve strickland and at number one bianca belair and so mm, if you want to nice. see the entire list uh check out righteous reg on twitter and then follow what he's doing uh as part of the grap city podcast but yeah wanted to shout him out real quick uh, but if you want to hear more from me, check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door. If you want to sit in the VIP section with Scott and, and Steve and, and, and uh, Cody Rhodes and maybe Matt Cardona, uh, you could pay a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, recently, we just dropped an episode of episode 301 featuring myself, the professor Chris Ely and Brent Chittenden talking a little NFL, a little NBA, a little pro wrestling. Uh, but then we get into the main event. You know, there's been enough talking, Steve Willie. It's time for the main event. For the main event, yep. Uh, and we talked a lot about uh, the MCU, particularly uh, the Wakanda Forever trailer. And we talked mm. about the turmoil that Scotty mentioned uh, in the in the house of, of, of the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot and everything mm-hmm. going on with Discovery and HBO Max. So we, we talked to Brent for about a good hour and a half. So you can check that out on the Patreon. Uh over 200 hours of content uh, for you to check out and if you want more from me just follow me on twitter at in the number eight m-o-z-a-i-k a-i-k uh the number one and then there's Devonte cody rhodes don't forget about him that's his, that's the other brother uh his first name is Devonte. no uh you can follow me on twitter at scott c podfather please follow the brand on twitter at at ptb and wrestling of course we have the quad of pods uh, Steve's on all on almost all of them. He is, of course, on here on the PTB Wrestling Network. He's over on the No So. We also have the Jenny position, which drops every Wednesday on the No So, and of course the PTB Pop Experience. Uh, join us in two weeks. We'll be talking about something wrestling related. We're still kind of in between. Uh, the next pay- big pay per view is not till Saturday, October eighth, which is of course uh, WWE Extreme Rules, which will be from Philly. Actually, I believe Mister. Morissette and Mr. D'Amato, I think, are going to that show. Uh, I was supposed to go to Bound for Glory that night in Danbury, but 
Impact wussed out because they didn't want to have to go against WWE. So their so their show was the night before the seventh in Albany. They couldn't stay in Danbury because the the school the facility that they were having it in had something already scheduled. So <laughs> bummer. I was not going to be able to make it to my first live uh, TNA pay per view. We've got a pep rally, Mister Demore. Can you move your wrestling event to another exactly, location? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. homecoming. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks. We'll talk uh, all sorts of stuff, maybe. But by the time we we are together with you again, uh, the women's 150 will be out. Mm. Camille will be like 88, and I'll fucking kill somebody. I'll get John. Yeah, I bet she'll she'll top 25. Yeah, should be top 10. Uh, here we go. Have a great uh, have a great uh, couple weeks. Enjoy your weekend. For brother Nate, for brother Steve, I'm brother Scott. It has been the main event. We will talk to you in two weeks. Hey, Steve Willie. Hey, Nate Milton. I got a problem with you, and you know what? We're going to settle it here and now. But before I do, let me move Scotty's dog out of the way. <laughs>